Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. Friday. More like fry yay. Hey! Because uh, we've got a lot of winning going on tomorrow on the program. Wild Rose Brewery helping you get ready and celebrate Father's Day. Every show on the docket tomorrow, every hour, going to have a prize pack that will include a dozen Wild Roses little sample prize pack of Wild Rose beer and a $50 gift card to the tap room, which you could use on Father's Day or, or whenever. But that's kind of the, either way, d- d- old dad, you, you fire that his way, he's going to, th- that's tremendous. That's, that's tremendous. Thank you so much for that. Stop by the Wild Rose tap room. It's in the Curry Barracks for some cold beer rations. Uh, you can get, you know what you can do? You can go and they have the beer there. They, that's, they, they make it, right? It's the brewery. So you can have it on tap. In a glass. Oh. Or you can buy uh, the cans. Oh, okay. They, yep. they, With the new recyclable tops. I guess they don't bottle it, right? If it's cans, what are they? They, they can, can it? Can it. Canning like, process. Like tomatoes? Yep. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, so you can go and buy the cans of beer. You can sit and have a beer in a glass. You can have food. Oh, the food's so good. The food is so good. We've said this, and it's sneaky good. Underrated. Sneaky little spot. Yep. Big time. And you don't need to be a... A complete, well, I was going to say like Pinder. When you take your kids to the Flames Community Arena just across the street there. Yeah. I mean, stay and watch your kids play their game or whatever. Or you can be a Pinder and go across the street and hammer yeah. down six pints in an hour 15. What but if, I mean, whatever. What if it's, right? what if it's practice? It's there. If it's practice, you don't need to. Although hockey parents love watching practice. I don't know why they're doing this drill. <laughs> How's this ever going to apply to a this... game situation? What are they doing? Is that you? Do you watch practice? You ever <sighs> been a coach? Can we? Why is there so much standing around? <laughs> so anyway, tomorrow Wild Rose Brewery, <laughs> helping you celebrate. But Am I you know what though? For them to stand. Honestly, around? that I've never. No, I shouldn't say that. Only once in my yep. in my parenting career have I ever voiced displeasure at a practice. No, no, just uh, a, an official complaint or or just uh, an observation. To the team on a on a only once okay because yeah you start with your kids yeah we'll coach you're on the ice so you, you appreciate how much time goes in how thankless it is and sure. how crazy parents can be so you just don't do that when you're not coaching so only once um but it is one of the things and I've never said but we can break into they call them stations Matt because a lot of times when you have young kids yep. you're getting half ice yes you are let's. So you take that corner. We'll do that between the, the red line and the blue line. Let's do some back and forth or cross ice, and then we'll do No one should be standing around for any amount of time, but when you get the odd time and you got two kids doing a drill. And, and the rest of the kids are watching. 15 other dummies standing around, falling on the ice, dropping their gloves, sticks, going to get water. Tapping each other on the jaw. Come on, coach. Let's go. Let's go. How did I get here? Oh, yeah, Pinder. Pinder's a D-gen. Anyway... Wanted to uh, now. Happy we, Father's Day, by the way. We can do a couple of things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, stamps, Al's. Yes. 
That's tonight. Yep. Um, this day in Stanley Cup playoff history. Oh, okay. Um, That's exciting. One of our favorite coaches ever uh, says, we, we did this. Me, me and my team, we, we, all of this that's happening right now, we're responsible. We created this monster. Or we can talk about Johnny Gaudreau. What if Johnny Gaudreau leaves town? So it's in you, whatever you want to do. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to talk about any of those that you would like. I'm very interested by the Stanley this day in Stanley Cup playoffs history. All right. Well, let's go back. Now it's a long time ago. It is a long, long time ago. June 9th, two thousand and one. Oh, way back. Game seven, Colorado and New Jersey. In two thousand, the Colorado Avalanche make a trade. Huge trade, bringing Ray Bork from the Boston Bruins. Ray has not won a cup, very emotional, leaving Boston to go chase it. Gets to Denver, they don't win. Uh-oh. He's a free agent. What do you do? Are you you're retiring? Or are you going to run it back one more year? Let's go one more year. Ray Bork rejoins the Avs for that 2000-2001 season. And Lord Stanley awaits. The Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche. And after 22 years, Raymond Mark! Psychics telling him, take that thing and skate. Skate it, baby. Skate it. We'll follow you. I'm not sure Ray is going to be able to skate and navigate his way around the ice through his own tears. And I, th- it's not. Uh, maybe people do know, but you, everyone, I think remembers. Ray Bork goes to Colorado, wins the cup after being in Boston his whole career. It didn't happen year one. Had to ch- had to run it back. And game seven almost didn't happen that year. Yeah, barring a bounce here or there, you lose to New Jersey in that final, and there's no Cinderella story. One of the most unselfish acts ever from Joe Sackick. Now again, he's one of. Batman, Batman, hands Sackick the Stanley Cup. So they stand there. He's got a hip, you know, hip height. Yep. Gary's got to get his photo. It's all about Batman. And Sackick turns. He doesn't lift it over his head. And what does he do? He hands it right to Ray Bork. You don't. Here's the thing. You're the, the you're the captain. You're the captain. You're the Stanley Cup champs. That's your moment. You look around. It's the the iconic photo in franchise history. The captain raising the cup over his head. Sackett could have lifted it, done his twirl, then give it to Ray. No, no, right off the bat, gave it to Ray Borg. Awesome. I don't think, even if you were like a Habs fan and you hated Boston, you hated Ray Borg, I think every hockey fan had to feel like that was a pretty cool moment. 22 seasons, 1,826 games, and wins it, finally, after all that time. It was awesome. Every once in a while, sports says, you know what? We're going to do something cool today. We're going to do something cool that's a little bit more than just sports. And that was one of those days, June 9th, this day back in 2001. That's a very, very cool story. I, and that it's, it's one of those things in sports where, you know, there's, there's the, 
the path that has been laid out before that a lot of people tend to walk. But every once in a while, something diverts and it's an emotional situation like that where you have somebody who's battled for so long to try and reach the ultimate goal, wasn't able to do it, you know, like you mentioned, tries to chase a cup, doesn't work out, and it's the, well, am I going to do this off-season regiment again? Am I going to go through training camp again? Am I going to go through the 82-game season again just to kind of be back at this moment where I don't have the cup? and to battle and to make the decision to go back and run it back. And like you mentioned, go all the way to seven games against New Jersey. Played eight, played 80 regular season (sighs) games. So I mean, didn't, didn't miss. There was no, you know, time manager, whatever, like load Load management. management. Played 80 in the regular season, played 21 of the 23 in the postseason. He was 39 and half point per game, 10 points in 21 games in the postseason. 59 points in the regular season. Yeah. It's impressive. I remember those Colorado teams because they were just absolutely stacked. Like being a young NHL fan, you know, you didn't necessarily know every player on every roster, but you knew that the Avalanche had Sackick and Forsberg and Foot and Bork and everybody there and some of their battles with Detroit that were iconic. Well, and you know who else? We put ourselves in a situation yeah. to move forward again next year. But there are no uh, guarantees. Like Mr. Lube's going to give you guarantees on their muffler, but uh, over here, there's there's nothing guaranteed. That was Bob Hartley telling Ray Bork, "You can come back, but uh, it's not Mr." There uh, are no uh, guarantees. Like Mr. Lube's going to give you guarantees on their muffler, but not here, Ray. Raymond, <laughs> not here, Raymond Bork. Sakic Forsberg. Hey Duke, Tangay, hey Drury. Duke, yes. Yep. Hey Duke had 41 goals that year. Tangs was 20. Yeah, he was a kid. Adam Deadmarsh. Billy Niemann. Nemo. And Patrick Waugh. And that helps. Oh, yeah, that guy. Who's that? Yeah, the, the goaltender. Yeah. Mm. Patty Waugh. So, again, that was... Uh, that was that, that's it. You think of... There's a lot of guys that won multiple cups, and you look at it and think, how does that guy have two, three cup rings? That Really? That guy does? And then there's the list of guys that don't. Well, that guy probably deserved to get one. Yep. The guy in this town, obviously, this is one of those markets that can appreciate that. But that was, and I, I feel like it would have been one of those things, too, if Jerome would have got one. The hockey world would have felt the same way. As when Ray Bork won. If he had gone to Boston and won it, or if he had gone to Pittsburgh and won it. Um, There's got to be those stories every year. You know, for Dave Andrichuk, and I mean, that's not a great year to bring up here. But I didn't say, okay, Dave Andrichuk, good career, right? Yeah. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Anyway, I could sleep well at night if you didn't win a cup. I'd be okay with that. You win five Norris trophies, a Calder... Now, Ray Bork never did have a 100-point season, did he? As a blue line, I'm looking here, 94, 96, which no shame in that as a, as a blue liner, 91. No. But uh, to have to run it back that final year, and then you get it, and, and he did. He, he hung him up after winning the Cup. That was his last NHL game in 2001, June 9th. It's pretty cool. So there you go. That was the, uh, that was the story.
He finished second in Norse voting that year. Hmm. That's got to be a media vote thing. It's got to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. finished second behind. Well, Nick Lidstrom was winning them left, right, and center at that point. But I'll well, see. So you no. Know, text line nine sixty nine sixty. The fan feedback line. Mm-hmm. How does Colin Fraser have three cup rings? Now, come on. We don't need to name. Why you names. gotta do that? I said there's guys out. You don't need to. Why you gotta drag Fraz into this? <laughs> He's a great guy. <laughs> He's probably listening. He's up at Sylvan Lake. He's a good guy. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's a good. He's a. He's from. He's from Surrey. He's from Slurry, BC. Just out here catching strays, right? Come on. I mean, he squeezed everything out of that career that he could. I mean, yeah, it's fortunate for sure. But either way, you know, there's some guys that have multiple rings. Is there anyone this year that you're kind of feeling like? And the one guy I go to is what about Corey Perry? Like he had the one. It's been a long time. Moved F, around a little bit. F him. <laughs> you setting me up? You put that on a t- Like, What are you doing to me? Corey Perry. Do I feel for... Who's ar- do you he's feel for won? Corey Perry, boo? Who, who has a cup ring already? Come on. Why don't you feel for Corey Perry, boo? No, I don't feel for Corey Perry. It'd be hard to look at Tampa Bay and feel like, I really hope... I really hope that the big rig gets his fourth straight yeah. cup ring. That would be great. I mean, Maroon's won three in a row... They won 14 series in a row, boom. <laughs> and I love that every time he gets into a chirp fest on the ice, he just, oh, yeah, three, three Pete, three Pete. You, now, in fairness, that's, you, I don't know that you can beat that. He's got three rings. Right? That's scoreboard. You can't come back against that. Yep. Like, who would, like, is there anybody that could say, oh, yeah, well, I could win my fifth or sixth <laughs> this year? Like, not many. No. I don't think anybody is looking at adding the, the full mitt full. <laughs> Of cup rings, but the big rig, one of the greatest Stanley Cup champions of all time. Um, I don't know. On the Rangers, there's really nobody. They're young. Is there any, you know, really hoping for Jacob Truba? Like, I don't think so. Andrew Kopp? No. No, that's that doesn't Mark do Stahl? it. No, no, he's a Red Wing now. Yeah, he hasn't been there for Yeah, he gone. Colorado? Um, Gabe? He's been there the whole time, though. Yeah. Darcy Kemper. But he has... Um, you know what? Nathan McKinnon. Okay. Even though he's young, mm-hmm. this is a guy, because of where he was born, was compared to Sidney Crosby yeah. at a very young age. Because I'm from Nova Scotia and I'm very good does not necessarily mean I'm going to be another generational player, a la Sidney Crosby. And his career, if you remember, kind of started off a little flat. There were some wondering if he was going to be able to pull this off. It's not a lifetime ago. In the 16-17 season, Nathan McKinnon had 16 goals and 53 points in 82 games. So, you know, it's over half point a game, but this is the first overall pick, all the fanfare, all of that. Yep. And then the next year, 39 goals, 97 points. Completely flipped the script in the 17-18 season and since then has been absolutely, there's no doubt who should have gone first that year. And I would think because of, and you remember every year, they lose, you can't get past the second round, you can't get past the second round. 
He's got to come out. He's not the captain, but in some, in many ways, I think he is the face of that team outside yep. of Denver. Maybe in Denver, it's it's Landeskog's team, but I just think it's McKinnon. And they ask him, and every year it's, I'm sick of losing. I'm tired of losing. I can't stand losing. I'm tired of this. Even though he's 26, for all of the other young players, Crosby's won his cups. Mm-hmm. Stamkos has his. Yep. Ovechkin be, got his. I think it'd be cool to see Nathan McKinnon win a cup. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. And the business-like approach that he's had throughout the whole course of the postseason has really gone to show that he really has that mindset of this is it. I am tired of being denied at the gate, and this is going to be a year where we really push it over. And obviously when you get the support that you get from upper management where they bolster your roster the way that Joe Sackick did, because you go back and you look at some of those rosters from, you know, 17, 18, even that, that year that Nate finally had 30-plus goals and was up there in points, you know, Landeskog was only 25. Rantanen was just arriving. He was 21. Needed a little bit of time for the superstars to develop and get some experience and really understand what the playoffs are about, get your heartbreak in, and have that motivate you forward. Remember, too, it was... And then Nikita Zadorov became a flame. But it was, was it last offseason? I think it was last offseason. And Zadorov was asked about... The Russian interview. Nathan McKinnon. Yes. What, what makes him tick? What is it about this guy? He's clearly very driven. What is, he, what is it that he does that allows him to be one of the best players in the league? And was it lost in translation? I know <laughs> that McKinnon was kind of sour about it, but I, yeah. knowing Zadorov and what... what it's not a shot. It's just what it is. This is uh, some of the quotes regarding McKinnon from Zadorov in the Russian publication. I saw the progression in Nate's game. He's such a pro. He has a dietologist. He pays 50 grand a year. He has a live-in doctor physiotherapist during the season, pays him $1,000 a day. In addition, rents him an apartment. He has his own chef who he pays another hundred grand a year. He invests in himself and his own body so he can play at the highest level. He's crazy that way. He eats right. He doesn't drink. He only drinks water. Two years ago in Colorado, he got rid of all the pop, ice cream, and desserts. He got rid of them from the dressing room and the pregame meals. He even got rid of white sauce for pasta. He replaced the actual (laughs) pasta itself with chickpea pasta that has more protein and so on. He made pros out of our entire Colorado team. That's one of the reasons Colorado had such an improvement over the last couple of years. He's the hardest working guy. He comes out 30 minutes before practice, constantly working on his hands. Young guys see he's the best player in the NHL, and he still works to improve. Uh, if you miss a pass in practice... Oh, this is my favorite part. He would skate over and literally scream at you. <laughs> you can't pass him the puck without hitting his stick. We had young players come over during the playoffs. If the puck ends up in his skates, not even his skates, if it misses his stick by a tiny bit, like 15 centimeters <laughs> in front of the blade of his stick... He doesn't move his stick to catch the puck. He stops everything, turns around, slaps the puck back at you. He is not going to try and retrieve any puck that he doesn't like in practice. Just to show you that you made a bleepy pass. (laughs) So, and again, I guess I, I never thought that that would be taken negatively, even by McKinnon. Maybe he doesn't like the the financials. The financials, you shared. know, fifty grand on a dietologist by paying for an apartment, a hundred grand for a chef, and that sort of thing. But we appreciate that these guys make a lot of money, 
and the fact that that's how he chooses to spend it, I think it's admirable as opposed to being criticized for it. And I don't think he's alone in that metric. I think a lot of the guys employ their own type of nutritionists or whatever it may be. Well, and, and some guys don't. Some guys don't. Some guys just show up, send it, go home, hang out with the fam. Wouldn't that be a great, and there's no way to do it, but if there was some kind, of, some kind of a science metric or a test, it's like, who is the best player who is not the best player? Who only do, who because doesn't act like the best he player? He doesn't apply himself or eat right or train right. Who has the best, the most God-given ability, but is squandering it just because? Of ice cream and desserts. Who's the best bagged milk and who's the best athlete? <laughs> but you know, if you did, if you mixed in some sit-ups and a salad, you could be one of the best in the world. Uh, I'm I happy with 75 and 80, man. man. Like this, we're on the road. You know how much summertime I get off every time we miss the playoffs. I love wings, man. I don't know. <laughs> I love wings. Uh, people texting it that it's Phil Kessel. They might be right. <laughs> Because you you watch the way he's played and that's too are, are, can you be convinced because he's a great goal scorer and he's he's at the end of it now no question well, about like it six this year but you could probably build a case that even though he has still been a prolific goal scorer and star in the NHL that that star maybe could have shone brighter had he you know maybe <laughs> dedicated himself to some other. You know, fitness and diet and that sort of thing. Like I, it's, I don't think he was getting rid of the peanut butter from the locker room. Yeah, no. It's it's so funny to just even hear the comparisons to like even a decade back, or you listen to some of the stuff from Rhett's time in the NHL and training camp was when you got in shape. That's when you start, yeah. And now, if you show up and you're slightly out of shape, like, see ya, back home you go. I remember it was uh, Brent Sutter told us the story. Uh, when he was in Chicago, Bob Pulford was running the Blackhawks then. Okay. And he would tell Daryl and Brady, he'd be like, listen, I know you guys are going back home for the summer. If you could not work on the farm all summer, <laughs> like I know your dad's going to put you to work and stuff, and you're going to be flinging bales around and doing stuff. If you could just find a way to not do that every day, because it's a lot of wear and tear in your body. It was the, you know. Not many coaches or not many GMs be telling their guys, hey, ease off the fitness if you could. Remember Chris Versteeg was talking about Phil Kessel, of course, played with him in Toronto. Yes. Uh, this was Phil in the eyes of Versteeg. This guy, man, one of the greatest teammates I've ever played with. He would come in in Toronto, moping around the room. I was like, Phil, you can't lift at all in the weight room. There's no way that body can lift anything. He's like, Steger. I'm telling you right now, I can lift twice as much as you. He would literally throw four plates on a side, go up and down, no warm-up, nothing. I'd be like, holy, no warm-up, right into a squat rack, rifling off 400-plus pounds. We'd be at a pregame meal, and they'd always bring him a big bowl of cheddar cheese, right? And he'd put cheddar cheese on his lasagna, and he'd put it on his salad, his chicken, everything. And after the game, like, Steger. I feel terrible tonight. I feel terrible. I've never felt worse. I'd be like, you know, dude, it could be that bowl of cheese you ate. He literally would put it all over, and he'd go out. He had two goals and an assist that game. And then he came back. He's like, Seager, Seager, I felt terrible. I remember I was like minus two, you know, but we won. And I was like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him right now. <laughs> so so what do you do? Do you look at it and say, you know, if only Kessel had done more? 
or do you just take your hat off and say, dude, you you did it your way. Good on you. Man, he did it his way, and that's how I'm got good his, on you, man. And there's a guy. He got his cups. Took a while. Yeah, sure. Got absolutely crushed in Toronto by the media and the fans. That just, he'll just throw four <laughs> plates on, no warm up. <laughs> Stager, I feel terrible. Maybe it's that bowl of shredded cheddar cheese that you're housing before every game. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Probably didn't need the extra slice of lasagna and then the whole brick of cheddar. Yeah, might gum you up a little bit, pal. Uh, we'll break here. We'll come back. Uh, promised. Uh, well, I don't know. Promise. I did say we would talk about Gaudreau and uh, some other some other hockey stuff. We'll uh, we'll transition into that. And still to come, Darren Millard in hour number three, working with the Vegas Golden Knights. The longest off season in Vegas Golden Knights history is what they're going through right now. Ooh. We'll see how it's going in Vegas. They need a coach and maybe a goalie. They got one of the best young centers in the league this past year, but now uh, still more work to be done as the expectations remain sky high in uh, Sin City. Sportsnet 960, the fan. This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Show continues. Hour two. Guests of the program. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar on the guest hotline, 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For every dollar that you spend, earn points towards free pizza. It's the rewards program. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Boomer along with Maddie Rose this week in for Ryan Pinder. Uh, Meant to do this uh, last segment. People were texting. We were... If you're involved on the podcast, maybe you missed it. We were talking about uh, Ray Bork, this day in history, won the Stanley Cup and then uh, rode off down the old dusty trail into retirement. And we were talking about who is uh, still alive in this year's playoff that you feel like it'd be great to see them win a cup. Uh, you brought up Corey Perry. Uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek. A, who's already won a cup, and B, who is Corey Perry. So, um, Oh, my God. I mean, Ow. I usually have it ready. But the uh, text line exploding, lobbying for the uh, for you to get the shovel. Shovel bonk? Yep. All right. So Appropriate. That's, uh, that's that. Um, Andrew Cogliano was a good one that came in on the text line. Yeah. Eric Johnson? Uh, uh, you know what? It's weird with Eric Johnson. Nate McKinnon, first overall pick. Be great to see him win a cup. Eric Johnson, first overall pick. Mm, I, I don't know. <laughs> It's not the same. Or Jack Johnson. No. No, definitely not. Jack Johnson could have joined Carolina. (laughs) If you remember, you go back, he was a Carolina Hurricane pick, was he not? And then in 07, or whatever year it was, 04 or 05, 06, when uh, he could have, much like, fun enough, with the Flames, he was a high draft pick, could have burnt a year of entry level, gone and joined the Canes on their cup run, but said, ah. I don't know if I want to be a Carolina Hurricane. I, uh, I'm a pretty big deal. I don't know if I want to play for Carolina. You could trade me. And then he got shipped out of town to the LA Kings, right? That's how that shook down. Bingo. Uh, Canes win the cup. Could have had a ring. Didn't. No. I don't need to see you win a cup, Jack. So no ring for you. Has he won one since? Has he been on one of these teams? Was he on in Pittsburgh when they won? No, he got there the year. He was in LA 2012. Oh, no. No, he doesn't have a cup. Good. 
I shouldn't say that. Why? You know what? Why did I say that? If he wants to you know, win a cup, that'd be great. I don't need him to win a cup. A uh, couple of things. Yeah, John, uh, what? Didn't he win in 2012 with the Kings then? Oh, no, he got traded that year. He was in the Jeff Columbus. Carter deal. So that's twice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You it. know what that is? Karma. Beat it. Biatch. Um, oh, wow. Can you say that? Oh, my goodness. Look at who uh, we talked the other day about all of these coaching vacancies in the NHL. We all want to win a pick? Yep. More right. I mean, it's uh, they're they're gonna. We we think it's Dave Lowry's a candidate, right? But uh, it Barry feels Trotz like is the candidate, isn't he? It feels like there's a opening there. We know that uh, Bones left Dallas, hung him up, Vegas, right? Yep. There's some question in San Jose about Bobby Bogner. Is he gonna hang around Chicago? Are Certainly. they? You know, Seattle. Derek King, the guy. Seattle hanging on to their guy. Frank's brought his name up a little bit. Uh, we know that Detroit is looking. Boston, all of a sudden, looking for a coach as well. Florida, what are they doing? So there's a lot of vacancies, and there's a lot of guys out there with good coaching resumes. We've got Barry Trotz. Now Cassidy joins that group in there as well. John Tortorella. John Tortorella, according to Frank Cervalli, uh-huh. Is, is about to have not his first, but second interview with the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, my oh. goodness. What Christmas a, came early. What a potentially toxic relationship <laughs> we could have there. You know what I mean? I mean, how for those two, they'll either they'll rename Broad Street for torts. Or they will just want to run him out of town. And he will have no time for their bleep. No. No. No time. No. I'm going, I'm going to bench players. You're Ice time has to be earned. I don't care. I don't care. All of that. Run goalies over in pressers. I, I wanted him in the... I shouldn't get picky. I was like, can we get him in the Western Conference so that he's close? We get more of them. But you know what? Philly's a big market. There's lots of media attention there. We'll have lots of clips. Not like he's in Columbus. Maybe some of that kind of you know, goes through the cracks. Let's get torts to Philly. You know what? Let's hockey gods. Okay. <sighs> hockey gods. Hello, hockey gods. Uh, it's, it's Boomer and Maddie. It's been a while. Um... It has been a while, and uh, feel badly about that. Now, in the spirit of, you know, kind of evening things up, really kind of feel like we got screwed in that Battle of Alberta thing. Not to say they had to win, but five games? Like, really? Like, just... Not saying you owe us one, but maybe towards the Philly? What do you think? Uh, you can make that happen. It'd be great. I'm just saying. Uh... To the Father and the Holy Spirit. Uh, so Torts going for the number two, for his second round there. Other names believed to be in the mix. All of a sudden, you know, Bruce Cassidy is going to be in all of these. So he is a candidate. Certainly. David Quinn, the former Rangers head coach. I have interest in Rick Tockett. I feel TNT like if, panels. I feel like if Tockett was going to be the guy there, he could have been the guy already. A hundred percent. Because they gunned, they gunned Vino. they went with. Mike Yo all year. I don't know. Yuck. Now, Tockett seems like such a great fit. He was a great flyer. I can't sit here and tell you what he is as a coach. He does not have a lot of coaching experience as far as a head coach under his belt. 
it would seem like he'd be a good coach. He got a lot, you know, had a style in place with the Coyotes that you would think would have been conducive to getting the most out of a team that doesn't have a ton of skill. And I don't know if that's Philadelphia or not. Uh, Jeff Blaschel let go from Detroit. He was there for a long time. Babcock left, and then he took over. So I don't know. I'm, I'm rooting for torts. And speaking of torts, the tie-in is a good one because I said earlier there was, uh, there was somebody out there who said, you know what you're watching right now? That's our fault. That's our bad. John Tortorella talking with uh, our boy. Uh, last night, was it? Oh, maybe it was Joe. So it's not our boy. I thought it was Portsline. Anyway, uh, John Tortorella talking to The Athletic. Because remember, Torts was in Columbus. Yes. The year that the Tampa Bay Lightning were swept in round one by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes. They were looked to be heads and shoulders, the team to beat that year. It was basically, why are we playing the tournament this year? Just give them the ring. So Torts, that was in 2019, Torts and uh, Columbus swept them. The President's Trophy winners. The Lightning have won 10 consecutive series since. <laughs> Haven't lost a series since. And Torts is like, yeah, it's uh, we created a monster, he said. This is my fault? Quote, unquote, we created a monster. <laughs> I don't think, talking about how did, it, how did it happen, quote, I don't think it was X's and O's. I think it was a mindset. That Lightning team in 2019 was all world when they came into the playoffs. I don't think they respected us. Sometimes you've got to eat it, meaning like... You know, some humble pie. Sometimes you've got to eat it. And when you eat it, you might still be stubborn and not want to change anything. They ate it and realized they had to change and play a little differently. They changed some personnel. It's a true credit to their organization that was willing to swallow a little bit and say, you know, we got to change. So there it's it's not uh, it's not inaccurate because that was a stunner. And it was is John Cooper the guy? Yeah, sure. Is this really is this is a humbling defeat? This team should is obviously capable of more. You win the President's Trophy, then not only you get bounced, you get swept in round one by the by a team that works hard and is fundamentally sound and structured. We're not that. Maybe you need a different coach. Well, he was going to coach the Olympic team right this year. If that yep. was uh, and has won two cups and the ten series, so. Um, is it is it luck? Is it fluke? Because they did you do change some things. Or is it just patience and maturity? Either way, hard to dispute what they've done. Pretty well done. Uh, game five of the East Conference Final between Cooper and the Lightning. Madison Square Garden. What are we, 6 o'clock tonight? Do it at 6? 6 o'clock. Do yep. it at 6? Yeah, I'll go at 6. We'll That's fine with me. Yep, works for me. 2-2 two, two series lead. Homer series. Lightning going to have to win one on the road here. Andre Vasilevsky's never lost three straight on the road. That's unbelievable. Incredible. In the playoffs. He's so good. It's silly he's, how good he is. He's really good. Every once in a while, he'll have an off game. And you're like, well, next one's an auto win. Mm -hmm. And if you win game five after a 2-2 series tie, the math will suggest you have a strong advantage. 78% of the time. 78 and a half. <laughs> 78 and a half. You like those numbers, yeah, frankly, you do. if you win in this game yeah. tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm interested. Like, honestly, if New York doesn't have their centerman. Strom, Goodrow, Heedle. 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 
Yeah, if, if, yeah. If, you, if you're missing two or three of your seven, yeah, you're in, you're gonna have to move some things around. Uh, anyway, um, I said we were going to talk about Johnny Gaudreau, mm-hmm. and Frank Saravalli. We had him on earlier this week. Did a did a you know, the whole big. Uh, there's a lot of lot being written right now about Johnny Gaudreau. Pedal to the metal, full court press, whatever. Here's a list of the top free agents. There's Johnny Gaudreau. What do you think about Johnny Gaudreau? Pierre Lebrun asked by old Gino Retta there yesterday. Well, it's a little early, but uh, this is this is one to keep an eye on. If Gaudreau is of the mindset that he wants to get to July 13th and, and explore, the Flames will probably have to have had plan B or C in place by then. The Flames probably don't have the luxury to wait till after the deadline passes for obvious reasons. You lose the ability to give them that extra year, the eighth year, which feels like a bit of a silver bullet And if you can get this thing done. So anyway, looking at Frank Saravalli, dailyfaceoff.com, his list of top 50 free agents, clearly Johnny Gaudreau at the top of that list. 115 points, 40 goals. Uh, one No player had uh, more points. One player had more goals at Philip Forsberg of the Nashville Predators. As far as pending free agents. As far as pending free agents. So I think every, I shouldn't say everybody, it's never anybody, everybody. I think most people want a deal to get done. They know it's going to be eight years. They know it's going to be big dough. But you watch this team and you think about what it looks like without Gaudreau. I've said it for months. I shudder to think. All right. Let's assume that Goudreau says, I'm, I really want to see what's out there. Brad Living, uh, my guess would be, I understand. But we have to, in, in the event somebody comes through with a deal that you, you love, we cannot be left holding the bag. Mm-hmm. We need to move on. If Goudreau leaves, what do you want the Flames to do with that cap space? With that, with that suddenly uh, wide open void on the top line, how do you fill it? What do you do? Is there, is there another player UFA that's available that you want to go after? Uh, you, you talk offer sheets. They don't have a first round pick this year. If you're going offer, who does it anyway? It's unless you. Tom Dundon and you're, you're brimming with spite and hatred for people. You probably don't offer sheet anybody. And they're probably feeling real good about that now. Is there a plan B? Is there another way that you can see or picture or envision the Flames absorbing a Gaudreau loss? Fully, no. I don't think that there's anybody on the market that you could fully say can absorb that entire loss. This is a guy who was 115 points, 113. He had an outstanding year, played with some very good players for the entire season, but I think that in itself is kind of part of it, that you had a top line that you didn't need to touch. All season long, they were consistent. You knew what you were going to get from them. Okay, so... And I don't know if there's somebody that can fill in. I like The obvious guy that everyone would look to is Philip Forsberg, obviously. Mm-hmm. Swedish, winger... Scores goals. Year younger, played left side, right shot, 42 goals, and missed, I mean, 42 goals in 69 games. Oh, he was dynamite. He got injured. He he, uh, broke his face. He got hit in the face meet here in Calgary in that game. Yes. Took a 
puck right to the giblets, gib- right Ooh. to the old gibberoo. Chicklets all over the place. Missed some games, came back, 84 points, 42 goals in 69 games. He made six mil. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that there's going to be much in the way of savings from a Gaudreau to a Forsberg contract, depending where he goes and all of that. So, I mean, it's a fine fallback. But there again, does the player want to be here? And you're not, you're, you're not saving. It's not like it's Forsberg and who for the Gaudreau money. It's Forsberg and not much else. No, you might get what? And, One, two million off that? Even, like, maybe? And for me... That's the best case scenario. Absolutely. And it's an absolute free fall from there. And I, I like Claude Giroux. I've always liked Claude Giroux. He's 34. I also don't see it necessarily as an option. I don't think this is somewhere that he's really looking at. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, that's the next step. Would he come here? I don't. That's I, the same thing with, right? with but Forsberg, I, too, I'm just, right? I'm just talking about the player. Yeah, 100%. Right? If, even to look at Claude Giroux, the player, assume he comes, you, you, you get a contract. There's, a, there's some miles in that chassis. He's 30, at 34, he's six, seven years older than Forsberg or Gaudreau. I don't know that I see that. Um, Nazem Kadri is a center. He's going to get paid. And again, you go back, the, he turned down a trade to the Calgary Flames. Now, does time change things? Yeah, it does. Maybe he looks at things in life a little bit differently. But if if there was an appetite to not be a flame, now some will say it was not that he didn't want to come to Calgary. He didn't want to leave Toronto, and then a deal happened where Toronto's like, "You're going." So this is this is it. We've made a number of deals now. We need to get you out. It's, you know, paraphrase. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't there. I wasn't part of the negotiations. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you just remembering it differently? Well, I can't save, you know. Oh, non-dis- NDAs Non-disclosure, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Andre Burakovsky, like the player, doesn't seem like a guy that would... You're, you're, you're just down deep, and I don't know what you do beyond that. Yeah, there's a handful of RFA guys, but to do that, I don't think an offer sheet is the way, but to do like a trade and a sign with maybe a, a Kevin Fiala or, you know, Jesper Brad had a good season, but I think New Jersey would like to retain him. Fiala looks like he's priced himself out of Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, now the Flames have done that before, but the thing is they were trading Dougie Hamilton to bring in Elias Lindholm, who needed a contract, had a contract squabble. Or, and Hannafin, uh, too. At right? least, yeah, as an RFA. Looked like he wasn't going to sign with the team, so then a deal gets done. I don't know if you're Calgary. How do you get a what's the, what's a Fiala deal look like? And then yeah, what do you got to pay? And honestly, do you see him as a top line guy, or is he more of a, a middle six guy? Like, do you see holes in the two hundred foot game that might not fit with a Lindholm or a Kachuk? I think that he's you know what he is. He's young. Mm-hmm. You take the talent. Yep. And we'll we'll teach you the other stuff. We'll yeah. surround you with other players who could, you know. I so I I would look past the shortcomings there, but but again, what are you giving up? You got to pay. That's another thing with the Gaudreau. It's just you're not giving up a pick, not giving up a player. Yeah, you got to pay him, but you know he works here. Everybody, Forsberg. He's Swedish. There is, I mean, yeah, there is that. 
I don't know. Are he and uh, are he and Markstrom tight? Do they go? Are they cousins? Do they go? <laughs> are they cousins? Because I hear that's big. That helps. I yeah. heard. Yeah, it's a big deal. Apparently, it happens over there. Apparently. Um. So the long and short. And are we going to be talking about Gaudreau for the next? Yes. We are going until to be, he signs. We are even going to be after. talking about Gaudreau. Yes. Uh, uh, the good news is we won't pass July thirteenth. Uh, the bad news is we won't stop talking about it until at least July 13th, quite likely. So that's the scoop. Hour number three, it's upon us. We're going to break. We will come back. Darren Millard, friend of the show, host of the uh, the TV broadcast, online podcast, doing it all for the Vegas Golden Knights down in Nevada. That's where Vegas is. He'll be our guest. What's happening? I said earlier, it's the longest offseason ever for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't think it's one where it's a good thing. We're very, very happy to have an extended offseason. That ain't it. What's the tone and tenor in Vegas? We'll get it from Millard when we come back. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.